RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. When Dr Ruth Bollard decided to move to Australia in 2006, finding work as a surgeon was the easy part. The bureaucratic rigmarole of registering and filling in forms were some of the most frustrating tasks as a new migrant, but well worth it. She chose Victoria's regional city of Ballarat as her ideal location to establish her own practice. Dr Bollard is a general surgeon specialising in breast and oncoplastic surgery. She's also chair of RAC's fellowship services. She says rural and regional areas like Ballarat offer terrific lifestyle opportunities and professionally she feels she's made a real impact in the area. She'd like to encourage more specialists to consider rural areas and she explains shortly what's been done to attract surgeons to the regions. Originally from the UK, Dr Bollard attended medical school in Liverpool. She completed her training in the Yorkshire area and then became a consultant in the north of England for around five years. Chris Ashmore asks Ruth what attracted her to the surgical profession. Well, I originally, interestingly, went into medicine thinking I wanted to be a psychiatrist. And that's a bit of a joke for surgeons, but I did. However, psychiatry was my last attachment in my final year. And it was not until I was looking for intern jobs when I realised I loved being in the operating theatre so much. It was a time when there were no female role models in surgery. So I thought at first I wanted to do obstetrics and gynaecology. I guess because of that, I chose an intern job in a regional centre in Northern England to gain more surgical exposure and spent six months on a very broad general surgical unit. My consultant at the time was a lovely retiring senior generalist whose skills included thoracic paediatric surgery and he really mentored me. I was nurtured as an intern and fell in love with general surgery. I was very fortunate to have had a lot of practical exposure and experience, did a lot of minor operative cases and even 15 appendicectomies as an intern. I was very lucky. I guess if I look back a bit further than that on reflection during my medical student days, I'd really enjoyed the anatomy dissection in particular. And as students, we were paired up. I would be the one with the scalpel in the hand, carefully dissecting the cadaver while my colleague read the instructions out of a book and was scared to touch the body. I went on and enjoyed this so much that I did actually go on to teach anatomy in the same unit in Liverpool. I guess it was in the blood somehow and grew the passion with the realisation I could do it. Obviously, you grew up in the north of England, but there came a time that you wanted to come to Australia. What was the reason behind that? Oh, multifactorial. Ever been to Northern England? It's quite dreary and cold and wet, miserable winter days certainly drive you indoors and you're not allowed to go outdoors. I guess I worked as a consultant in Northern England as a junior consultant. I found myself leading a breast service at a very difficult time of navigation, navigating change with government and managerial pressures. And this, I guess, was confounded by the European working time directives in the early 2000s. So the 40-day week came in for our junior doctors who had to work rosters, including nights. And because of that, as a consequence, I found myself leading the day-to-day chores of the post-tape ward rounds, acting back as a senior registrar again, and with a week on consultant-led system. That was really onerous, quite tiring. So I was the continuity care, even presenting the patients to the juniors on a daily basis. And I'd done all that. 
<laughs> in my training. I think you feel that you can move forward and lead in a different way. And I guess apart from the weather, confounded also was my partner had trained as a physio and at the time couldn't find any work as a new graduate in the NHS. There were many job shortages. So I guess we looked for greener pastures. Uh-huh. We'd always liked the outdoors, lived in the country, enjoyed walking and mountain biking, and that's what we had on offer near the Lake District where we lived. But we came on holiday to Australia to visit some friends that had migrated, fell in love with the lifestyle and the opportunities afforded here. Uh-huh. We'd always enjoy travel and new experiences, and I guess relished the thought of combining new personal and professional experiences. Where in Australia did you travel? My friends were living in Brisbane, so my first experience of Christmas in Australia was spent on Fraser Island. Wow. So that was a great insight into the beauty of Australia. So then you went back and then decided, I will live in Australia for good. Why Ballarat? Ballarat was a personal contact and we did have an exchange in Lancaster with the anaesthetic group in Ballarat. And I met one of the anaesthetists from Ballarat and worked with him and learnt more about Ballarat. At the time, I didn't think I was really seriously looking to move. hadn't had that holiday yet, but kept in contact. And I guess the rest is history, as they say. Right. And that was, what, 2006? Yeah, I actually moved here in 2006. And were there any hurdles, any obstacles in making the move? Well, many, many challenges. (laughs) I guess having decided we wanted to start a new life, finding a suitable job was the first thing. And I guess that was perhaps the easiest because we had a few contacts. But going through the Australian College Assessment, APRA, the Migration Medicals, selling up a lovely UK property and saying goodbye to it, saying goodbye to family and friends. And we even transported a beloved cat over into quarantine. These were all the hurdles we had to overcome. I guess in a way we're luckier than most as we only had a cat to transport. We had no children. I guess we had no children who were leaving friends behind and that torture. And we did not even have to consider new schooling. So I guess compared to most families that are migrating, whether it's in medicine or other professions, we had it reasonably easy. Once in Ballarat, we had adjustments to make. Whilst we could obviously speak the Queen's English, Aussie English was different abbreviations like avo and amber are easy enough but what on earth is manchester and snags it took a while to understand that manchester sale was not the relocation of a northern city in pieces but the sale of household linen we had to chuckle over that one (laughs) i also look back fondly to the other social adjustments we had to make And I remember very early on a colleague pinned an Essendon badge on my label and claimed I could barrack for Essendon. Barrack, yet another unfamiliar word. (laughs) When a staff member asked me when I was going to go to a footy match, I naively responded, when it gets a bit warmer, and she laughed. I learned quickly football was a winter sport only. And very cold winters here in Ballarat. That's Yeah, apparently, and I didn't appreciate that when I first moved here. They were quite warm in comparison to England. (laughs) Well, we regularly hear about the shortage of surgeons in rural and regional areas of the country. Why do you feel it's important to advocate for greater access to specialist care in regional Australia? Why is this such an important issue for Australians? I think Australia is a uniquely vast geographical country. And while most of its population is based around major metropolitan areas, the distances travelled once outside these areas are really immense and unique. People think nothing of driving eight hours for some services. However, 
that is not always practical for responsive and timely healthcare. Whilst my formative surgical years were very much an exposure to broad general surgery, we've moved away from that generalistic era. We train our surgeons within the confines of nine surgical specialties, which may not be ideal for the rural needs. Particularly in our very rural and remote locations, where easy access to specialist care is limited, we find significant health disparities, particularly in our First Nation peoples. I'm well aware in our current political climate and the Black Lives Matter movement, these issues are brought to the forefront of all of our minds. And this advocacy for greater access to specialist care in regional, rural and remote New Zealand and Australia areas has another level of importance. Now, as we mentioned, you work in Ballarat, about 120 kilometres west of Melbourne, a major regional centre. What's it like working in, well, a small place? Well, I think Ballarat is a decent-sized regional city compared to others and by no means a remote, small town, so I think I'm fortunate. Living and working in Ballarat creates a fantastic lifestyle opportunity, rural countryside for outdoor activities. For example, I'm a keen walker and cyclist. The opportunity to live on small acreage with a hobby farm and I have sheep, which I call my grass cutters, all within 15 minutes commute to work and also great schools. And not only that, it's all within easy reach of Melbourne, an international airport and the coast. I must admit, from a professional satisfaction perspective, being part of a smaller community enables me to feel my contribution really makes a difference and has perhaps more impact. For example, by bringing reconstructed and oncoplastic breast surgery to the region, I feel like I've made a difference and the regional patients are very grateful not having to travel further. With my own less need to travel and commute, I've found time to develop roles outside of my day-to-day clinical activities and have developed as a complete surgeon with more leadership roles I've undertaken. Mm -hmm. As attractive as it is, there's probably not as many surgeons or other medical professionals as there could be or should be. What do you think needs to be done to attract more surgeons in rural and regional areas? Our college is responsible for standards, education and training of surgeons wherever they work and for whatever populations they serve. And I think we really need to redefine our approach to this. The rural surgical section of our college is advocating strongly for recognised rural as a specialty in its own right and have started slogans such as recruit, train and retain for rural. This illustrates the need for a multifaceted approach to the workforce disparities that exist between urban, regional, but in particular rural and remote areas. I guess retain for rural also means retaining the partner and the children of these rural surgeons, and in particular addressing their needs. On a broader advocacy level, we also need to advocate for rural, regional and benefits and financial equity. We're lucky that STP Rural Funding is a step in the right direction with the development of rural training programmes to promote rural generalists in specialties such as general surgery and orthopaedics. I'm also aware, for example, our southwest Victorian local regional general surgical hub, which has been established for several years now, has worked really well. And at the moment in Ballarat, we have three surgeons that we've trained and managed to retain as consultants. Terrific. Well, what are the specific challenges, do you think, to providing surgical care in rural and regional areas? 
Yeah, well, there are many challenges. The logistics for regional patients to access equipment needed for their care means they often have to receive treatment away from their support networks of family and friends. Another challenge identified by our oral surgical section is actually within our own profession. The perception of generalists as being inferior needs to be addressed. We need to rebrand the term generalist to perhaps a network of super specialists who happen to work outside of urban areas. And perhaps there is a need to cultivate more linkages from urban centres to rural centres and vice versa. We need to think differently. We need to consider the benefits of dispersed models of care. These are all exceptional challenges. Mm-hmm. And COVID-19, Ruth, how has that impacted surgical activities in rural and regional areas? Well, Chris, it's a difficult one, that, and pretty unique, isn't it? We've seen a reduction in visiting specialists to Ballarat due to travel restrictions and social distancing rules. And we also recognise the important role that international medical graduates play in providing care to the communities in our rural, regional and remote areas. And the effect of COVID has had an impact on delays on rolling out medical exams across all colleges and may in fact impact international medical doctors and the communities they serve. And also maybe have a knock-on in particular due to the unintended consequences of their migration visas. So that's probably something that's not been widely thought of. On a good note, though, the viability and importance of telehealth has been acknowledged by the government and with the community widely embracing digital health. With the adoption of telehealth, we have seen changes in government policies and regulations related to Medicare reimbursements, improved MBN connectivity, infrastructure improvements and IT and specialist software programmes. All these changes have been rapid and have benefited remote working and conferencing, challenging perhaps the previous status quo. I actually think COVID has impacted us favourably regionally. Because we are in a smaller community, we've maybe found it easier to unite. We have also been fortunate not to have the number of COVID cases in some urban areas. Moving forward, I hope we continue to learn new flexible and adaptive ways of working, in particular to benefit all surgical activities, including telehealth in rural and regional areas, long after COVID-19 has been and gone. Dr Ruth Bollard. RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.